Let me give you a definition of an urban legend or an urban myth from the dictionary, a story often quoted and largely believed, which is totally fictitious. Today, we talk about the urban legend and myths of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol last year, as well as other popular myths from our culture, including the myths of the pro-vaccine people and the myths of the anti-vaccine people. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast 70, podcast 070, where, as always, we want to have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of some complex issue facing our culture, the church, and you as we seek to apply God's word to make sense of it all. At the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources for further study, just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, Keith, let's talk. Uh, But before we do, I think there was a scripture that you wanted to kind of open with and share that I think is going to really tie into what we're talking about here. Sure, Mark. There are two scriptures, in fact. And the first is Colossians 2.8, which says this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Our second scripture is 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. What we have here are warnings about the need for discernment, about the need for being Christ-focused and biblically grounded, because truth has nothing to do with false narratives, political ideologies, or urban legends and myths that all kinds of people today are uncritically accepting and buying into, both inside and outside the church. Okay, so how do these passages tie in or connect with what happened on January 6th and the uh, the quote-unquote insurrection at the Capitol and then these vaxxer, anti-vaxxer narratives that, are, that have been playing out in the media today? Well, it's like this, Mark. Each of these groups, let's call them three groups, has sort of a cult following that will jump over the truth to embrace a myth. And the existence of these myth-worshipping cult-like groups is a cautionary tale or warning to the people of God because there's all this propaganda circulating. It's being disseminated as part of a false narrative. And part of this has to do with people loving conspiracy theory more than the truth, more than God and his word. And part of this is just a function of biblical illiteracy and the accompanying lack of discernment. And finally, part of this is about people who know about God but do not know him in a real and saving way. Therefore, they lack the discernment that the Holy Spirit enables us to have. And I have to say, there is this willingness to have one's ears tickled and to turn aside and wander after myths and go down all sorts of rabbit holes that is a problem for both Christians as well as non-Christians and is also a problem for many on the left and the right. And so today we're we're going to seemingly rough up people on both sides of the so-called aisle, people who are running after all kinds of pundits and myths and false prophets and philosophies and urban legends because they want to confirm their own biases, and they neglect what should be their first love, and namely, that is Jesus Christ. And let me add, there's a whole bunch of God talk and religious-sounding talk going on, particularly among professing Christians, but I'm afraid they've been, as Paul writes, taken captive by human traditions in empty deceit. 
And so they have these unhealthy desires, and they're gratifying them at great personal cost and great cost to those around them, great cost to the church. Okay, so I think that's a pretty good kind of summation of uh, what we kind of see in culture today. But now, if you can tie it back to, uh, like we talked about at the beginning, the January 6th specifically, kind of what went on there, um, and the the vax, vaccine, anti-vaccine kind of narrative. All right. Well, Mark, let's talk about January 6th. There's the first urban legend on our list, the so-called Capitol riots or the Capitol insurrection, an alleged attempt to overthrow the government that never really happened. Okay, so wait, we are about to uh, have... A memorial, I believe the the Biden administration um, is going to do a memorial thing for this this insurrection, or or I guess non-insurrection is is what you're saying um, that happened on January 6th. So why are you saying that it's never happened? Well, I'm not saying there weren't protests, mostly peaceful protests by thousands and thousands of people, but there was no insurrection. What you had was a few thugs or a few hundred thugs exploiting a peaceful protest. And they broke into and entered and into and vandalized the Capitol building and stole things. It was shameful. It was embarrassing. It was unfortunate. But people have expanded this criminal act to act like there was some revolutionary attempt to overthrow the government by a particular group. They would blame people on the right or the Trump administration or what have you. And it's just been blown up all out of proportion. You hear stories about people, not lots of people being killed or beaten. And we remember, unfortunately, Officer Sicknick, who was allegedly murdered by the rioters, who administered a beatdown on him that led to a fatal head injury. And we now know that's not true at all. It never happened that way. At, At worst, he was pepper sprayed. And a few days later, he had a stroke. And when Nancy Pelosi and others on the hard left wanted to exploit the situation. His family protested that exploitation by the media and these government officials for politicizing his unfortunate death. And this death, this sad death, morphed into part of this urban legend. In fact, if you go to Wikipedia's page on the disturbance, it seems like there was this huge riot where thousands upon thousands of people tried to overthrow the government and disrupt the certification of an election and do all these horrible things. The New York Times and other mainstream media outlets reported of several beatings of the Capitol Hill police and deaths like Officer Sicknick's. But afterwards, within a month, most of these outlets, realizing that they had reported things that didn't happen, tried to leave their bogus headlines in place but in the body of the articles, quietly printed retractions. And I'll give you an example of one from the New York Times. I googled how many people were killed in the Capitol Hill riots and came up with this. These are the five people who died in the Capitol Hill riot. This is by the New York Times, Jack Healy, uh, January 11th, 2021. And he writes, a police officer was beaten, a rioter was shot, and three others died during the rampage. And then it says... February 22nd, 2021 update, new information emerged regarding the death of Capitol Peace Officer Brian Sicknick that questions the initial cause of his death provided by officials close to the Capitol Police. So so they're backpedaling, but they have these huge headlines, and they still sort of press that narrative, a narrative that just isn't true. And as far as the three people who died in the rampage, these people died from things like heart attacks. And the rioter who was shot and killed 
was an unarmed person not attacking anyone. Certainly they were trying to enter the Capitol building, which they should not have been doing. And they reached through a window and a police officer preemptively shot this woman. And she was a Gulf War veteran in the neck. The shooting was unjustified. It was a reckless use of deadly force. And had it been any other situation in any other police department, the officer would have been fired for shooting this woman and killing her. He was not defending himself or others. She had no weapons. She expressed no animus towards him or anyone in particular. She was just trying to get into the building. Now, I get it. The thugs were trying to break down a door. But by these standards, hundreds of people would be dead right now in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington, who tried to burn federal courthouses with people inside of them. But none of that warranted deadly force, just as this woman's death did not warrant deadly force. But yet you would think it was a horrendous rampage and siege on the Capitol building and that all these people died and that police officers were beaten. Some of them were roughed up, yes, but not like in Seattle or not like in Portland or in Atlanta, Georgia or Chicago or Kenosha. All right. So I noticed you kind of tie this into uh, what happened in Portland, Seattle, Kenosha, all of those things. But what do you say to those people who may be listening and say, well, yeah, but those are cities that are not our nation's capital and they didn't happen during this certification of the election results when we were trying to do what we do every four years of having this uh, successful either transfer of power or certification of the re-election of our president. So it seems like there could be people that would say this event has much more weight to it because of when it took place and where it took place. And so what would you say to those people? Well, I would say this. Number one, the election was certified. It was. And the so-called evil Republicans, and led by Mike Pence, certified the election. But it's not like stuff like this doesn't happen in our nation's capital. Uh, after this happened, radical environmentalists stormed the Interior Department buildings, forcefully occupied it until removed by police. Was this an insurrection? And again, you get back to Portland and, and, and Seattle. These were federal courthouses. These were federal buildings. And they were violently seized. They were set on fire. People were armed. And how much coverage did it receive? I mean, a real insurrection doesn't look like what happened on January 6th. This was no organized armed attempt to seize power. They didn't seize multiple buildings, communication centers, armories, or anything like that. There are a bunch of thugs who went on a shoplifting spree in the nation's capital, and it is embarrassing. But why is this receiving all this attention? And why are they wanting to commemorate this like it was some like it was Gettysburg in the Civil War, which it isn't. It's because really, right now, the administration and Speaker Pelosi have nothing to run on, and so they have to run against. The last year has been a failure politically. We, what we have is an unmotivated base, which they're trying to fire up by blowing all this out of proportion, to cover up runaway inflation, a disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, and a pandemic that they swore they would control. And so they're trying to exploit this embarrassment of January 6th to distract and detract away from their own failures. And that's what's going on. I mean, when you think about it, I remember Joe Biden, when he was candidate, saying Donald Trump should resign because 200,000 people died uh, from COVID during his, the last year of his, of his tenure. But 400,000 people have died in the first year of Joe Biden's tenure. And so what we have here is sort of a game of smoke and mirrors. That's what's going on. All right. So 
so what are you saying with all of this? What are you, where are you trying to get to when you say it's a game of smoke and mirrors? What do you mean by that? Basically, it, it's a distraction. J- January 6th, and with all the media coverage it's going to get, and this memorial, memorial to what, is an urban legend. There was no armed revolt. Government was never in danger of being overthrown. And if you want to talk about insurrections, look at Portland and Seattle. Look at Chaz or Chop or whatever that, you know, autonomous zone guarded by uh, AR-15 toting thugs where people were shaken down and imprisoned in in their own homes in the neighborhood that these thugs surrounded. Or the takeover of a police station that was sustained. They had shootings. They had attempted rapes. They had assaults. More people died in Chaz or Chop than died in the Capitol Hill riots. One year of Antifa and Black Lives Matter activists attacking federal buildings and setting fire on buildings with people in them. There's your armed surrection. Cities like San Francisco, Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, Minneapolis, the so-called mostly peaceful protest attended by rioting, burning cars, burning buildings, and shootings, those are like insurrections. And so what we're seeing here with the January 6th thing is just a propagation of myths and lies and urban legends selectively to distract people away from their very real needs and challenges our nation faces, which gets back to the need for discernment. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Too many people are buying into false narratives. Okay, so how does this buying into false narratives tie in with the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers then? These are a different side of the same coin. To be fair, we are seeing urban legends and myths on both sides of the ideological spectrum or the political or, or political divide. And it's unfortunate. You know, people want their ears tickled. They want their itches scratched. They want their confirmation bias affirmed. And so all kinds of people on the left and right are buying into urban legends. And that's even true within the church and outside the church. It's like there are two cults warring against each other in in the culture and in the church. Okay, why don't you explain that a little bit more? Well, you have people who have bought into the idea that if you are vaccinated, it gives you higher moral ground and you're immune from all harm. And some of these people would say, what, you're not vaccinated, you're killing people. Or, you know, you look at the whole thing with In-N-Out Burger refusing to va- force its employees to be vaccinated, many of whom are already vaccinated, and people were saying, well, In-N-Out Burger is killing people. Well, where are the bodies? You know, and all this is about a disease that has a 99% plus-plus recovery rate. Then you have the anti-vaxxers who are just as militant and often as irrational. You know, people who are calling the jab the vaccine, the sign of the Antichrist, or people talking about you've introduced this spike protein into your system and it's going to be the end of you yet. Well, a little lesson in human biology and in immunology, any spike protein, any protein of any kind, any antigen of any kind that goes into your body is attacked by your antibodies and expelled within a few weeks. We call that an immune system. And so... You know, people are just irrational. And, yeah, granted, when you get the vaccine, there can be lingering side effects. I'm living proof of that. But basically, your body expels spiked proteins or anything else that your antibodies attack. And, again, that's what, how the immune system works. So all these ideas are, are just irrational. There are people staying up watching conspiracy videos to 4 o'clock in the morning on the vax program or the anti-vax program 
And you know what? They should be devoting that time to their own spiritual growth and the welfare of others, not urban legends, not myths that, t- that tickle their fancy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. You know, these people that stay up and just spend all these time watching YouTube videos, regardless of the side of the aisle, I've had people come up to me and, you know, plead with me to understand exactly what's in the vaccine so that, that way um, I can tell people that it's bad or that it's good and all of these things. And, and they're spending so much time wrapped up in things that are not the Bible, that are not um, Jesus. And so I, I can totally see how that just becomes this big distraction and this this thing that keeps them away. And so I think ultimately what you see here is people running down different lines and different aisles. And so uh, kind of along that, what do you say about the when the anti-vaxxers um, say that the pharmaceutical companies are just playing games. So what do you say to the people who who would maybe say, okay, well, I've seen this video and, you know, these pharmaceutical companies, they're, this is all just a conspiracy that they started long ago to make a bunch of money, or the people on the other side that say that there's no collusion between the government and the industry. These are just scientists trying to uh, rid the world of this. What do you, where do you play between those two? Well, I think we have to acknowledge that when Big Pharma makes in excess of $66 billion in one year on the vaccine, you better believe they're going to promote it by every means necessary, and that includes government and media. And you better believe, too, that the government has its own motives for it as well, and that is more control. And you better believe that even the CDC is involved in this. Now, is it some grand conspiracy? Is this the Illuminati? I doubt it. But you have to, let me give you an example. The Atlantic Magazine, which is a left-wing magazine, which tilts left, recently did an expose on a bogus study prepared by the CDC that reported inaccurately that school children in schools that didn't have require masks were three and a half times more likely to have uh, COVID. And the Atlantic Magazine investigated the study, and it was, it was tainted, to say the least, falsified, to say the worst. That's Atlantic Magazine. So here's the CDC propping up you know, the Biden administration's uh, policies. And they did that at the expense of science. And then you have the National Institute of Health's Dr. Fauci recently admitting that deaths from COVID might have been overstated because people dying with COVID had been counted along with people dying from COVID, which is what people have been saying all along. But why is all this? It's because there is an agenda. But I don't believe there's a conspiracy behind every rock. I think you have ideologies whose interests converge sometimes, and it gives the appearance of a grand conspiracy. I don't think, I think we need to be discerning. It keeps coming back to the need for discernment. That is why we are calling for discernment. If you think you can trust the government or the pharmaceutical companies and they can protect you from COVID, think again. Look at the Omicron. We already see that, number one, if you've been vaccinated, you're still going to get it probably. I did. Number two, even the masks, the, the cloth masks really don't protect anybody. And, you know, you know you, you're, you're just relying on whatever information tickles your fancy. I just can't say that enough. And there's, exclude, there's this excluded middle where the balance is, where the sanity is, and that's where the Christians need to be. And they don't need to be getting, getting wrapped up in extremes or distracted away from their primary mission, which is the gospel. They don't need to divide the church over human myths and human traditions like the higher moral ground of vaccination versus the higher moral ground of anti-vaccination. I think 
people need to follow their conscience, and I don't think either end of the spectrum holds the higher moral ground or is necessarily doing the right thing in each and every case. They all have their ideology, they all have their biases, and they're worshiping their biases over worshiping God. Yeah, I think that's spot on, that that call for discernment, um, and really saying there is this middle ground, this balance that is to be had. And I think uh, for us as Christians, it's so important that we don't fall too far on one side of the track or the other and become divisive over things that are unbiblical. Uh, there's no place in the Bible that talks about um, a vaccine for COVID, and, and there's um, there's different principles that we're going to use as Christians as we read the Bible that we're going to apply as we think through these things. But I think that call for discernment, I think, is is the strongest uh, call that we can have, especially in these times where everybody wants to divide. Everybody wants to set uh, neighbor against neighbor and, and really start to say, no, you need to be loyal to my ideology or this other ideology, but there's no uh, there's no middle to be had here. You can't uh, You can't be pro-vaccine, um, but anti-mandate. You have to be all in one side or the other. And I think uh, as Christians, I think the most important thing for us to watch out for is getting swayed. And I love that verse from Colossians is getting swayed with these uh, ideologies and these myths and these other things that we just hear. We need to be discerning. We need to pay attention to what's out there. We need to understand what's going on in the culture, but we need to use our biblical worldview to make sense of it all. That's it. You know, Mark, we don't need to let Satan, the government, or corrupt industries uh, divide and conquer the church, or our nation for that matter. There are people of conscience who are going to get the vaccine, and that's okay. There are people of conscience who are not going to get the vaccine, and that's okay. There is no protection. God is in charge. God is sovereign. He's going to work out His will. And what you need to do is make sure that you're walking in the circle of his will, in the circle of his blessing, insofar as humanly possible. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like additional resources, go to www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. If you have questions, you can email me at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. Worship with us at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 on Sundays. And uh, remember us on your podcast platform. Give us a good rating. Share us with your friends. Uh, Help us expand the reach of this ministry. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you in this new year.